1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time
2: to take command with former NFL tight end, Logan Paulson and former commanders beat reporter, Craig Hoffman. Welcome into
3: Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Logan, happy to be back talking into microphones after a couple days of silence. You ever had to just not talk for a couple days?
2: I don't think that's ever happened to me. That, like, that super extreme, like, my voice just doesn't work. Like, I don't know. I've been, knock on wood, been pretty fortunate in that regard.
3: Yeah, it's not a good time, especially when, uh... When you talk for a living, uh, yeah, but happy to be back. Uh, happy to have plenty to talk about, too, by the way. You know, we, we collected a bunch of mailbag questions, and we will certainly answer as many of them as we can. But there's actual news to talk about. Ron Rivera doing the rounds on Press Row or on Radio Row out in Phoenix ahead of the Super Bowl. Congrats to Ron on winning the Salute to Service Award. Um, that was in part why he was doing a lot of these interviews. Um, but he, he talked about, uh, kind of the biggest hot topics that of course, you know, he's answering questions. And so you, you'd assume that people asking the questions would ask about, but he talked about a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, uh, on here and and on all the shows that we do. But the, the biggest piece of news, if you will, the the one new thing that kind of comes out of this Logan that I want to start with is what he said about chase young. And he basically said there is a process they're going to go through, and it is not guaranteed that he is going to get his fifth year, he being Chase, uh, get his fifth year option picked up. Uh, this is from Michael Phillips' uh, transcription in the Richmond Times Dispatch. Uh, that's what we did with Duran, talking about, you know, waiting it out to the last year. Uh, it cost us, but it cost us in a good way because the young man played, he did things the right way, he didn't sit out, he didn't withhold, he could have done that sit-in during training camp, but he didn't, and because he didn't, now we're in a position where we have to find a way to say thank you, okay, you've earned it. If you look at what Duran did, why wouldn't you think of it that way as a motivator? Believe me, that would be my approach, especially looking at what Duran did and the situation he put himself in. That's on you know, Chase Young and the idea of whether or not picking up his fifth-year option could be a motivator. As for what goes into the actual young... Well, what goes into is you get an opportunity to sit down, look at his tape with our scouts, talk about the way he played. What do we see in terms of development and groove? We're going to sit in with the doctors, with the trainers. Where is he? How do you feel? Is this something this is going to be long-term? No worries. As long as nothing crazy happens, he's going to be fine. It's worth the risk. Uh, we have to go through the process more so than anything else. How surprised are you, Logan, that he made these comments and that that's where the organization is on chase after they brought him back he played pretty well in those couple of games and everything seemed to be on the up and up coming out of the
2: year i mean i I think excuse me i think this is something you have to say i mean i don't think there's another solution i think when you look at chase's career so far yeah i mean he had a pretty solid rookie year um second year i think he came out and kind of underperformed prior to the injury and then he didn't play he didn't play for a very long time in terms of Uh, this last season, his third year. So in terms of body of work, is there something here that says, man, I've seen this guy and he can be an absolute difference maker. Obviously his college tape says that obviously physically, when you see him, you you know, you see that, I think his mindset kind of indicates that he could be turning in that direction, but he hasn't figured it out at this level. You know, his, we've talked a lot about his rush and his inconsistency as a pass rusher. Um, You know, and I think that's something that I would assume um, really is frustrating for ron and frustrating for this organization because you drafted him number two overall for a reason you passed up a lot of really good football players uh, because you expect him to be the next miles garrett the next Joey bosa the next list your top end pass rusher and quite frankly he's not entered into that sphere yet and i there's been a lot of mitigating circumstances to his career thus far which makes sense as to why he's not there but if you're ron i think you're saying how do we motivate this guy how do we get him to kind of take this next step and i think the most recent element of your evaluation process is Deron Payne, a guy who had kind of been underperforming, I think, in 2022, 2021, excuse me, came off a very, very subpar year for him. And it kind of looked like they were going to go in a different direction because of that. And then he comes out and has the best year of his career. So I think when you're looking at ways to motivate NFL players, like I had a couple of conversations at the senior bowl with coaches about motivating players. And one of the key things is you got to kind of be creative. And I think this is an easy way to be creative saying, Hey, like this isn't guaranteed. The money's not guaranteed. Let's, let's do that. Like like this, is you have to show us that you're trending in the right direction. And I do think that there is some lingering concern about the knee, you know, just, I'm just making an assumption there. Um, you know, I talked to Chase a little bit on the last day of uh, camp. He said it wasn't in his mind, wasn't quite right. And, you know, physically everyone said it was right, but he's kind of ne- negotiating that, you know. I don't know, he's negotiating that psychological hurdle after a big surgery, which is totally to be expected. So I think there's a lot of things here that Ron needs to consider. And I think right now he's telling you that they're going to try and pay Ron Payne and they're going to try and make that work. So
3: Yeah, I want to circle back to the pain side of this in a second, but here's what I would say about Chase. Um, one, I actually think this is kind of I don't know if you're calling this creative. I think that's giving Ron a bit too much credit. Like I mean, Ron loves to run the same play over and over again. It's like, oh, this worked one time. It right. worked with Ron. We have to do the same thing with Chase. It's like, it's actually, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying in terms of like coaches in general have to get creative with how they motivate players. But Ron is like, oh, this worked one time. I'm going to do it again. And that's like the opposite of being creative. That said. Financially, this makes perfect sense because because of where Chase is drafted, that sets that fifth year option number. It's slotted. Um, it's about it's a little over 17 million. Here are the defensive ends that are making over 17 million in average annual value in 2023. Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, Leonard Williams, uh, Vaughn Miller, Cam Jordan. Uh, Chandler Jones is making 17, so is Eric Armstead. Cam Hayward's at 16.4. Emmanuel Ogba's at 16.3, and then Frank Clark's at 15. Uh, basically, 15 flat. You're telling me that Chase Young is going to get be like a top five defensive end in terms of average annual value salary after next year? Like yep. maybe? No, I, I get you. Maybe. Man. And so, if even if he is, it's not like he's going to be a lot more. This is it's not like, you know, this is going to save you a ton of money if you pick up this option, right? Like even if all of a sudden you Chase has a monster year, he goes out and breaks the NFL sack record. Like okay, you're getting him 19, 20 million dollars 21 maybe. So it's it's, you know, 4 million dollars next year which is a, you know, that's that's a that's a good player, um, but it's probably worth the risk. So the idea that a 17 million dollar salary for Chase Young next year is is guaranteed to be a bargain for the team it's just not true financially hmm. you know I, I think that there's a good chance he's making about that and maybe less over some kind of long-term deal so i i do think that Sure. There, is there a motivation now for chase to go out and prove it? He kind of can't rely on the fact that he's got a guaranteed deal. You know, he can't slow play a rehab or whatever, which again, I don't think he did. I think his knee was in bad place. Uh, and then the mental hurdles are very real. So I have empathy for those things, but I do think just from a pure finances standpoint, um, when you start to actually look at it, As as shocking as the the headline is of this guy that they were so patient with and were so adamant as part of the future of the franchise that they're not going to pick up the fifth-year option, something that happens for basically anybody who fits that mold because of where he was drafted and because of the finances involved, it's actually completely not surprising to
2: me. No, I agree. I think um, that's really good insight there in terms of the cap situation. But also it's like, I mean – Would you I mean, think about it, like given his pedigree and given his statistical production, like is like, would you pick up a fifth year option just off of production? And I think my answer is probably not, you know, like and I think there's the financial element, there's the production element. That's These are all factoring in. And I think ultimately this is a good decision. And I I know I don't like talking about players money on podcasts because it is their livelihood. It is their thing. I don't want to. He deserves to get paid as much money as the NFL can afford to pay him. But I do understand the team's perspective here in the sense that they are going to be wise with how they allocate resources, especially given the, the pain extension that's probably looming if they can get that finalized. And, you know, I, I just think it's a, it's a variable that there's it's, it's obviously multifactorial. I think this is the right decision for the team. I think it puts I think it's going to motivate Chase. I think it does everything you want. And uh, I, I ultimately I think it's the right decision.
3: Yeah, and I'm looking at the fifth year options in general. You know, if 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 he was the 20th pick, right? Because it's by position and it's by uh, accolades. And Chase made a Pro Bowl, so like if he had just hit the playtime you know, bonus level, it's like 13 million. But he didn't. He made the Pro Bowl uh, as a rookie, and he so he's got a 17.4. Number, you know, I'm looking at some of the other edge guys. The, the only other edge guy to go in the first round that year was Chase on to the Jaguars, and like his number is going to be around 12, uh, because of the fact that he's not going to make a pro bowl. And if it's that number, then sure,
2: you feel more comfortable with it, right?
3: Yeah. But, but you know, if it's 13, if, it, if it's somewhere there, but it's 17, in that way, like Chase's success that he's had. Uh, And specifically that rookie year winning rookie of the year and and making the Pro Bowl specific to what triggers the bonus um, actually hurts him in this way in terms of the finances. So now he's got to get back to that level. And by the way, uh, well, I guess at this point, it's they got to pick it up this year. Um, But if he had made more than one Pro Bowl, it would have been 19. Um, So
2: well, I mean, but I, I think if he's making multiple Pro Bowls, he's probably a multi-sack, um, a, you know, a, a double-digit sack type of guy. He's probably, you know, kind of in that contention of top-edge rusher in the league. I think you feel fine paying him $17 million, right? I think that's not even a question. But I think when you look at the production associated with the cost, it just doesn't align. And I think anybody who's who's intelligent in looking at these numbers can see that, right? That this moment in his career, you know, understanding all of the adversity that he's gone through financially, it just doesn't make sense for the team to embrace that $17 million number. Like it just, it's, it's yeah, it
3: it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and I think Chase is still going to be great. Um, but I don't think it makes sense financially at this point. Uh, so, that brings us to the Duran Payne side of things, and our first question from the mailbag, uh, Sammy Mayo, at Sammy Eat the Mayo, uh, tweeted me and said, In re-signing Payne, why is it a question? More mobile QBs require more pressure from the middle, keeping them in the pocket. Really good defensive ends are traded. Let go regularly. Miller, Clowney, Mac. I love Sweat. Wish we can re-sign him. However, to me, it's clear Payne is more valuable. I will just expand on that, Logan, to say, like, you know, now if this fifth year option timeline is what's happening with Chase, like if they re-sign Payne, then it would seem that one of those two is gone, which one it is, is, I mean, in some ways irrelevant to the immediacy of this conversation of, do you circle back and go, well maybe a franchise tag and trade for pain actually isn't the best option. Maybe there is some merit to having two dominant defensive tackles. I mean, that's kind of how we felt in the middle of the year as pain was dominating. And then as the season wound down, it was like, ah, actually, maybe, maybe conventional wisdom is better. Like I'm pretty split on this, to be honest. I'm curious where, where yeah. your head is
2: at on it. Yeah. I mean, I, so I think those examples of Miller, Mac and Clowney aren't necessarily like, Great examples like Clowney's never kind of reached that production of the number one overall pick. Mac is definitely on the decline of his career. But even when he was traded from
3: Oakland, they got a like the kind of return they got for for Mac is not what Washington would get for
1: Sweat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Correct.
3: Cause Mac yeah. was probably the best defensive player in football, not named Aaron Donald at the time. Yeah, right. Top so three I, was JJ Watt.
2: So this is my thought on the pain thing. And again, I want pain to make as much money as humanly possible in the NFL. Let me just clarify that. I do think that this, th- there's a couple things here. So let's start with this. First off his value in the NFL will never be higher than it is right now. And people say, Oh, what if he has another great year? He's never going to have 11 and a half sacks again, like he, in his career. He's not going to reach that number again. It's very, very unlikely. There's a reason that it's a franchise record, right? It's like kind of this. It's hard to consistently generate interior line pressure unless you're Aaron Donald, right? So his value around the league is not going to be any higher than this. Defensive tackles on the move are very, very valuable pieces, right? So what I'm thinking is that, like, hey, you know, um, the Titans traded AJ Brown because they couldn't fork over the money for the deal. I do think this. If I'm Payne, if I'm Payne's agent. I'm asking for a market-setting contract. And can this team afford to do that? Can this team afford to have so many resources invested in the defensive line? And I know they have a lot of first-round draft capital invested there, but look at what they need to do on the offensive line. That that, that would be prohibitive of them being able to kind of go out and sign a priority-free agent on the offensive line if they wanted to do that, right? So it does limit what you can do. You have a lot of guys centered around that group. And I think... If you're building for the future, which you should be, like you could franchise him, you could trade him, and you could get a first and probably a second round pick in the 2023, 2024, depending on how those allocate, right? That's how good he played last year. And because he played so good, you're going to have to, if you want to keep him here, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money to get that done. And I know hopefully he's not gonna have this unrealistic expectation of being say I need to be paid more than um, you know Aaron Donald for example, but he's gonna if I'm him like this is the time this is the time to strike while the iron is hot. ask for that 15 million dollar a year, 16 million dollar a year kind of contract because this is the only time you're gonna get it and Ken Washington afford to do that and I don't I don't know I don't know if I would feel comfortable allocating resources because again, when pain's in there, and, like, look at the last game of the year when it's Payne and, um, you know, whoever the other defensive tackle was going against one of the best offensive lines of the year. The defense played really, really well. I know that's a very small sample size, but I don't think you need two absolutely game wreckers at the position. I think you need a solid role player and a game wreck, and I think you can survive with that, um, you know, as opposed to kind of dumping all your eggs into one basket, I guess.
3: Yeah, and I think you also have to ask yourself a realistic question of, like, is Duran Payne better than John Allen? Yeah. And if the answer is no and he wants more money, then why would you pay him that? And I hate that for Duran. Again, like, I'm with you. Like, go go make your money, man.
2: Um, yeah.
3: It's, it's, you have short careers in the NFL, and you got to make a lot of money that's supposed to last a lifetime. Or, you know, the kind of money he's talking about is generational wealth. So, yeah. like, make mm-hmm. it for as many generations as possible of your family. By all means, go ahead. Right. But if you're Washington and you're trying to figure out how to allocate resources, not in terms of dollars to count someone else's money, but like percent salary cap, I just don't think you can uh, allocate that amount of salary cap to someone who does not, or is not going to produce at that level. So I hear you on that. I do think the idea of paying an out al- keeping them together is really it's nice. It's a nice like, idea. Yeah, they're, they're super unique because unlike a lot of interior duos, they both pass rush. And yep. that skill separates them from just two big dudes inside who are two big run stuffers. Who, like, yeah, that's valuable and you need those guys, but it's not worth paying what they're going to need to pay. So, if somehow you can get Deron Payne at sixteen, yeah, like, sure, I'm in yeah. seventeen, maybe even.
2: It's, it's got to be the right. It. It's got to be but the right like, thing. John's
3: John's number is eighteen. I'm not going above that. And it's not about like John, you know, and his ego or anything like that. It's just, he's not a better player than John Allen. And so why would I pay a guy? Now there are some scouts that probably disagree by the way. Yeah, it's it's say, pretty close. It's pretty close. And I think, I think that Duran is going to get a lot of money, but, um, and there's going to be a team that's like, yeah, he's better than John Allen. We'll pay him that and they'll be mm-hmm. fine with it. Okay, Cool. But I don't know, like it's, it's real close. And I don't know that you can pay those two guys that much money. And especially when you do have sweat and young looming, like that's the other yeah. part of this is, you know, they've invested so much first round capital in this line that they've got to figure out where they can get it. I think the other part of this, like you said, is like, truly, what is the return? Yeah, You know, um, I'm a lot. If all of a sudden we get to may through the NFL draft and there wasn't a trade, because the most you could get is like a third or a couple right. of thirds, then like okay, let's let's talk about a long term deal. But yeah. if you can get, if you tell me you can get a first and a second,
2: done. I think I think I think so. I think like if you look at, let's take Atlanta for example. They have a ton of cap space, or Chicago. I think Chicago probably takes Carter with the first pick overall if they don't trade out of it. Who's the interior player from Georgia? Probably the best player in the draft. You don't need Deron Payne then. But like Atlanta, they need someone to pair with uh grady jarrett down there and they've expressed interest at Duran. they have the money they have the cap space they have the draft capital to make something like this happen if they wanted to so i look at this and i say like there are suitors out here who have lots of money and lots of reason to spend it on a player like Duran. and there is value to maintaining a relationship with Duran. and I, what i mean by that is like the reason you pay a guy is because the certainty of what he's done in the nfl when you draft a guy you don't know it's like it's a mystery box he could be better Could be worse. You just don't know. So I'm not. I'm not advocating getting a draft pick and then drafting a defensive tackle. I'm not advocating that at all. What I am advocating is that you did invest in the position last year with Fedarian Mathis. You did find a nice addition in Ridgeway. I know he's coming off the pec injury, but those. Trust your process. I think. I think teams in the NFL. This is more of a philosophical thing. They get screwed up from a cap standpoint when they say we have to pay this guy. And I know that sounds totally heartless. But to be a good GM, you have to carry a little bit of that with you. Unless you think he's the best defensive tackle in the NFL or in the top five, like I would be willing to move on from him. And again, I want him to make as much money as possible. Is that going to be here? Probably not because they're going to kind of be negotiating this Allen payne relationship. But I, I do think that it's going to be very, very challenging to – to get him at a number that's going to allow you to continue to roster build long-term. I, I, I think, you know, and I'm not a cap expert, so that's kind of, that can be kind of challenging, but those big contracts they are prohibitive long-term.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. And, and like you said, they've already invested in some of the replacements. So, you know, that, that should speak to something as well.
1: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance, whether you love true crime or comedy,